So we welcome you to Revive. I'm so happy you're here. Um, as we are getting ready to enter into a new series, um, that's a little bit too much. Uh, as we are moving into a new series, we are um, so excited for what the Lord is doing, what the Lord has said um, to us. And I'm going to, I think it's significant. Thank you, that's good. We're, I think it's significant to mention this now um, about moving into uh, this, this is the, what the Lord has said, said, shared to us and you see on the screen that the Lord has said for this church that 2019 is going to be the year of the well. Okay? The year of the well. Now here's what this means uh, for us. And so we are a people, um, we are a church, a ministry that will be a well for many people. And I'm going to preach from this subject um, today. However, um, it's very important for us to understand that uh, we are a well. Now, of course, with the woman with the um, woman with the blood, not her. The woman at the well, she was one who came expecting just to get some water, okay? But when she came, Jesus said to her, um, hey, you thinking you're about to come get some water, but if you want some real water, I got some. And if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. So this is what, how we are going to operate as a ministry, that we will literally be the well for people. All right. So it's not that they are coming um, just to draw. They think they're coming just for a normal service, but then they get coming here and get the Holy Ghost just wrecked. All right. And so they encounter the well, which is Jesus Christ. The Lord said that us as revived church, we are we are going to be river ready. And I am mandated this year to teach us. All that we it is as simple as just as jumping in the river there. You don't have to do any like fancy uh, lingo language to step in the river of God. It's just readily available. And so I want you all to understand. I want to talk about it later in my message, but it's so important for us to understand that we are river ready, which means. And the Lord said that water is going to be out going out from this place. And so much it'll go into a stream and that stream will literally be the thing that leads people to this ministry. So the Lord is reestablishing the stream. Now, the stream was very heavy when we were uh, once at SDA. Y'all remember that place? It was just, the water was just there all the time. We are getting back to that place, all right, by the Lord's grace. And so I am uh, determined to teach and to train and whatever we got to do to make sure we are getting to that place, which is why we're going to start off the year talking about uh, worship, because worship is what ignites that river to start flowing. So it's very important to understand that. So we are going to be a place called the river, a place called the well. 2019 is going to be the year of the well. And so for us, meaning that people are going to come and encounter. So God is reestablishing us and getting us ready, ready for that. We are literally going to be called the house of the thirsty. Because we're never going to be a people uh, that just like, oh, I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. Nah, we always want more of God, period. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is our mandate to always remain in a place of thirst so we can always go after. The Bible says that as the deer pass by the water's brook, so my soul longs, longs for you. It thirsts for you. And that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we are going, now you can say, we are in a series called The Anatomy of a Worshipper. And we are starting this series today. And I'm really excited to preach this and teach this to you. We are studying everything about worship. Everything about worship, okay? All right, let's all stand all over the building. John 4 and 14. John 4 and 14. We do stand to honor the reading of the word of the Lord. Uh, John 4 and 14. Periscope people, I love you all. Thank you for joining us um, here today at Revive. And uh, this feels really good. And I'm just thankful that we are in our place of worship uh, today. Amen. Um, John 4 and 14. 
John 4 and 14. It is great to be uh, back in our house. Um, amen. Um, where the freedom of the Lord is and where he is able to move freely and speak freely and do freely. Amen. And so uh, we honor um, the presence of the Lord that is here. John 4 and 14. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation just because um, it reads well. All right. But John chapter 4 and 14, it reads on the screen. Uh, but if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. And I want to preach from this subject, the benefits of water. You may be seated. The benefits of water. The benefits of water. Someone say that the benefits of water. The benefits of water. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's all pray. Father, I bless you and thank you for what you are doing in this place. I bless you, Lord, because you are going to do something great. Reveal yourself to us. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you are going to accomplish in this room. Be with us. Stand by us. Give clarity. Give um, inspiration. Give um, the word of wisdom, Father, in this place that we may be a people that is open to what you have to say to us. We yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Father, without you, I am nothing. But with you, we together are everything. And I thank you for your presence, Lord. In your name we do pray. Amen. One more time. Someone say the benefits of water. How about I ask this question to you? Uh, how's your water intake on a normal? Let's, maybe I'll say this, like how's your, uh, your water intake in the natural? Sorry. But how's it in the spirit? <laughs> so the needs improvement. She said thirsty. I'll take thirsty. Hallelujah. Someone said dehydrated? Put your hands. All right. So we are, I'm kidding. We are in a series of worship. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, we are doing and talking and studying about all things worship because worship is something that we don't take time to really acknowledge. And I think that it is something that needs to be acknowledged. Uh, when it comes to the things of the Lord, and when it comes to things such as worship, we should be a people that always is ready to worship. Here's the point. It's dangerous to be dry. All right. It's dangerous to be dry when it comes to the things of the Lord. Now, here's why being uh, not dry and being thirsty is very important, because when water is mentioned, it's talking about Holy Spirit. So it's very important for us to understand that moving forward. When it comes to Holy Spirit, we are talking about um, water. And so water is a mention of Holy Spirit. When you see Holy Spirit in Scripture, it's typically referring to some sort of water, some element of nature. Okay? So very, very important. Even the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Okay? So all of that is meaning in, in, in conjunction with Holy Spirit. So very, very important. Now, I'm going to teach you a little bit about, about this because... Um, only because it's very sad to me as a worship leader that so many people get stuck on the fact that worship is some sort of feeling. It, we need to feel compelled to worship, okay? You know, that worship must be, you know, something, you know, fancy. It got to be something. You got to feel this to worship. And so this is what I think is very sad because so many people... Uh, believe that you have to be uh, feeling something. Worship was never about a feeling. 
Worship was never intended to be about how you feel. Because if it be honest, how you feel typically does not want to be a church, does not want to be worshiping nor praising. I mean, some people are very genuine and, and really do enjoy praise and worship or whatever else. But let a bad day happen. Let something happen to you driving home and you just, oh, let the kids bother you, just, oh, and let, let's let you, somebody say something to you, it's crazy, oh, and you just don't want it. I ain't, and the thing is, though, a lot of us will come in, I'm talking in general, a lot of us will come into the house of God thinking that it is a privilege that he should appreciate that we are here. When that should never be the case. So the thing is, though, none of us would never say this out loud, but the truth of the matter is our actions prove it. Okay, so for example, if David Wallace came in here the way David Wallace would feel sometimes, uh, then y'all would not like David Wallace on some Sundays. Praise his high name. Okay, all right. So last night I think I had about two hours of sleep. I would love a bed. All right, but I don't look like, sound like, look. I don't mean my my little beard ain't ain't just gone on one side and here on one side. And I got, you know, some crust in this eye. That ain't me. Okay? Now, I can look like I'm tired. It's a choice to, to do that. My point is, it should be a choice. It should not even be a choice. It should be a, a mandatory thing. That when we come into the house of the Lord, we give him everything we have. Because he's all we have left. It should be a thing that we are always moving into. The anatomy of a worshiper, the reason why I am titled it this, is because we are created to worship. Everything about our being is worship. How we breathe, how we sleep, everything that we do is about worship. So worship is not a feeling. Say that with me. Worship is not a feeling. You don't have to feel it to worship. Okay? You shouldn't be there in that manner. All right? Now, when it comes to this, I really also strongly believe that nothing in Scripture points to worship being emotional. Nothing. You can't find it there. Okay? That you got to have some sort of emotion in order to worship. You got I have to feel it first. You know? So it grieves my heart when we are coming to a church and then someone is saying, you know, come on. We have a worship leader that's exhorting and really doing all the stuff and yelling and, 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 you know, come on, guys. Come on, come on. Lift your hand. Come on. Open your mouth. Come on. And the people just ain't doing much of anything. It grieves my soul to no end how that happens. Because, again, we always, listen, we wait for the worship leader to get us there. And then from there, then we engage ourselves in what's going on. When we should be a people that is always a remembrance of him that makes us come into his house. The Bible said we got it all wrong. We wait until the worship leader gives the initiative to do something. When the Bible said to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. If we do that, we don't have to wait on the worship leader because we got everybody at the hospitality table hooking Messiah because they're so thankful what God has done. <laughs> the visitor should not be able to get to the peppermints because you are having a good time remembering the goodness of God. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm serious at the same time. Because this should be so great. There are times that Miss Roz and my mom and Aunt Steph was out there at that table, and you hear them just, thank you, Lord, thank you, Mom. What in the world's going on? They're out there just talking, having a good time. But it's great because when people walk in, they know they walk into the right atmosphere. 
Because who wants to walk into a stale, watery well? You see what I'm saying? So it's very important that we take time to notice this, that worship is not emotional. Worship comes from the heart. It is when your heart is connected to the vessel of Jesus Christ, the source of Jesus Christ, that worship can be done in the way that it's called to do. Worship has and will always be because of what's in you and not what's on the outer. Worship is because of what's in you, not what's on the outer, because he should be living in you. Not having a moment where we just have, I'm telling you, it is a shame when people discover, I, I played at churches, I've sung at churches that just will, they will not acknowledge true worship. But you let a moment where the organ strikes up and a shout breaks out, they tearing down carpet. They, I mean, just, real, just, ah, just bucket. I mean, having a good time. And let worship hit the room. Because we wait for a feeling to worship. So worship in this house is not predicated upon David Walker because I'm the worship leader, the interim worship leader. Because I'm not going to be this all year, praise the Lord. All right, we're going to have some people here that's going to be here to worship, lead worship, and the church said amen. amen. All right. So, so when it's come, it's not predicated upon me. And we've been guilty of even in this house of not sometimes not worshiping because I don't feel it. Or I don't feel him. Okay? May that spirit in you is pride. May that be rebuked in the name of Jesus. May you come into the understanding that worship was never about you. It was always about him. Not about how you feel. Worship was always about him. The church said, amen. It is a matter of the heart. Okay? So the heart is always focused on keeping us going and we hardly stop to be with it in silence. Listen, the heart is like God. Always there. And always will be regardless of, a, of an acknowledgement or not. A heart, a matter of the heart, a heart is always focused on keeping us going and we hardly stop to be with it in silence. Our heart is responsible for life. If it stops beating, uh, all right, we have to pray and bring you, pray the revival of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the heart is like God. Sometimes we don't take time to acknowledge him. But at the same time, he's always there. Although we don't take time to reverence him. So worship is recognizing, listen, true worship is recognizing that something has value. Worship is literally understanding the worth-ship of God, that he is worth something. And the issue is that many people don't take time to know who God is. So if you don't know who he is, then you won't recognize or acknowledge what he's done. Let me give you an example. If someone, um, how can I say this? Yesterday, I went to a church, and um, the guy was up there, the pastor, and he knows me from all the way back in the day. So, uh, so he was up there, you know, hey, David, how you doing? And he didn't know I was pastoring. He couldn't remember. So someone turned around and said, aren't you a pastor? I said, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, too big on the whole title. Thing. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, should I, uh, Bishop, he's a, he's a pastor. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I believe in protocol, honor, uh, please forgive me. Will you please stand and have words? Fine, I get it, because it's protocol, church, the traditional, well. But the point is, 
once he acknowledged who I was in the spirit, he stopped to acknowledge and to show honor, which is okay. All right. My point is he found out that I was something and then acknowledged. You see what I'm saying? He felt value in my office, my pastoral office. The same thing when it comes to God. The more you know about him and the more you find out about him, it'd be, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge you. Let me show honor and reverence to who you really are now that I know you for myself. So it takes time to understand the worth of God. But if you don't take time with him, you won't understand and see he's really worth something. And the thing is, so many of us come into church and we have a good Sunday. We have a good Sunday and then one bad Sunday. We didn't get no food. We didn't get no sleep. Some of them pissed us off. All the things happen and then we're done for and we're not going to lift a hand. We're not going to worship and we think it's okay. That says that God, you are not valuable to me today. It's a hard truth, but I hope you all are hearing me so kindly in the Holy Ghost. It is something that we have got to embrace that no matter how you feel, he is still worth it. And that's what worship is. Worship was always meant to be sacrificial. It was always meant to. That's why you can't feel it. Because let's be honest, a lot of us don't feel like worshiping nor giving ourselves. But Romans 12, therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, I ask you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Worship was always meant to be sacrificial. It was nothing of any kind of uh, uh, beauty of yourself. It was always meant to be quite bloody for you. Only so God could just even more appreciate what you're willing to do. When you sacrifice something, you appreciate it more. Amen. Let's be honest. If you pay for something, you appreciate it more. But child, if, it's, if I'm just, oh, yeah, you, you can borrow it. Child, you ain't going to appreciate it like you're really supposed to. But let you spend your hard-earned dollars on that thing. Then you will appreciate it. I cannot tell you how many times things have come back broken. Oh, I'm sorry. And they just walked off. Bro, that just cost me. You don't. What? Huh? Hey, you're going to. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's always those that don't got a job because they can't replace it. And you won't be alcohol. Okay. I digress. <laughs> so there is a difference between being in church and being in worship. Amen. You go to church today? Yeah, I'm going to church today. But worship is an encounter with the changer. John 4. She came, encountered worship. What happened? She went from being this, this uh, fast tail femi jimbler to now being an evangelist now being an evangelist that went to go tell them, tell her people about who Jesus was. You see what I'm saying? Worship has the ability to, maybe that's why people want worship. They don't want to be changed. Maybe they love their identity and their secret lifestyle so they want worship. You can praise him in your bondage, but you cannot worship him and still remain bound. You see what I'm saying? It has come a time when you've got to relinquish your change in worship and people don't like to worship because they love who they are. You can't love who you are and love to worship at the same time. It doesn't work like that. It comes to the point where you have to dismantle your identity and put on the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. 
And that is not all the time comfortable when it comes to worship. Worship comes to change you. It comes to challenge who you created yourself to be. So worship is something that we have to do. Worship is literally to mean to ascribe worth to something. The magnitude of your worship shows God how big you think he is. How worthy you think he is. So if you think, you know, he's worth the oh, whole, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Then that to him shows that, you know, that's how big you think he is, how great you think he is, how awesome you think he is. It's wonderful. Worship is not predicated upon who has the microphone. But I will say, it, it, is, it is predicated. God won't come if a person, if a person ain't clean. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, hallelujah. All right. But at the same time, we should be a people that's not caught up on, if pastor not here, I ain't worshiping. You know what I'm saying? We got to grow out of these, you know, mentalities that we have always had. So there's a difference between being in church. You can go to church, but did you come to worship? Your presence is nothing if your presence is not for an encounter with God. Let me challenge you. When's the last time you have come consistently every single Sunday with an expectation to meet God? Then we're quick to say, yeah, that's me. I mean, I'll come and get my good Sunday clothes on. I'm ready to go. Are you ready? The thing is, is that your actions prove if you really expect something from him or not. Praise the Lord. It really proves it. Okay? It's based on, again, not what you feel, but because of who you are. And we say that in worship real quick. Lord, we worship you not for what you've done, but for who you are. And the people screaming that he doesn't even know who he is. If you don't know him, you can't worship him. But what you listen to me, what you put your trust in is easy to worship. So whatever has your heart has your ability to worship. We're going to get later in this series talking about idol worship because I think it's something that needs to be talked about. Because you'd be, you'd be really shocked how you'll find out about some things really being idols in the church and we just think it's okay, but it really isn't. So worship in our time has been captured, listen, like a tourist mindset. We treat worship like it's, it's an attraction. Ooh, he's here. Ooh, he's doing something good. Ooh, and we think it's great. And after the moment, we like, that's good for me. Wow, that was a good experience. Wow, then we can go back home and just do what we've always done. Wow. <laughs> we treat worship like a tourist. I mean, it's like church has become a tourist attraction. Like our welcome tables have become just a pick up a pamphlet, see the attractions, get a map. First, we're going to start with prayer, and next, we're going to start with praise and worship, and ooh, then we're going to go to meet and greet, and ooh, we're going to go to offering. Hey, thank you for touring. I'll remind church. Have a great day. And you go back to your own place versus allowing God to first meet you where you are, and you bring him with you, and you expect him to even increase even more. That's how we go from faith to faith. When you expect something before you even walk into the doors, that's when worship becomes true at heart. When worship is not predicated upon your favorite song. The other myth, 
Worship is not a slow song. Worship is not a slow song. Lord, I worship you. Come on, I need a a worship song. Because of who you are. I mean, it's beautiful. But I can worship to something fast. I remember, it's going, well, it makes me laugh. May not make y'all. But I remember back in the day, there was a person, she passed away with a blessed heart recently. And we were singing, I don't remember that old school try, try tribute song. I got the victory, the victory, because the devil wants to be up and got me praised. She was worshiping her tail off. I mean, she had a tambourine in her hand, but she was just bent down and bat, I mean, just, I mean, tore up, crying, speaking in tongues. And we all just like, we pumped, and we pumping our fists, and we danced all over the church, and she just like, ooh! And I was like, and the thing is, like, she, Lord forbid, she had a little wig on, it was just tilting away. She had a little tambourine, she was banging. I said, like, oh, that's so hard. It didn't fall off. Thank you, God, because that would have been the death of me. But when it comes to these moments of this, I'm like, it blew me away at first. I'm like, how can you worship in a moment where we all praising? Because her victory that she has personally won had already built a place of worship in her life. You see what I'm saying here? That in order to get victory, you have got to get to worship. And worship will bring that place into a place of victory. So before we start singing about victory, you've already worshiped because you already got the victory. You want to know how so many people are defeated because they don't know the benefits of worship. Before you get any instruction, you get them. Before you go into any war, you must send in worship first. It's very important. And when you worship, you get instruction on how to win. You lose when you don't worship first. So worship is a gateway into your victory. It's biblical. It grants you access in the victory. If you are trying to get rid of your flesh, worship your way to something. Not bring your flesh into excitement because you're looking at something you should not be looking at. Bring your place of flesh into worship and allow God to kill that so you can't have victory. That's how we win. Amen. All right. That's how we win. We are winners because we are worshipers. And if we realize this is who we are created to be then we won't be so defeated when the enemy comes knocking at our door. To be honest, it's hard for the enemy to survive in a place of real worship. Remember, the only prerequisite to praise is breath, right? Let all that have breath, praise ye the Lord, right? But worship, John talks about, I mean, Jesus talks about in John 4, that I'm seeking worshipers. Take note of that before I finish this. Take note of that, how he says that we are called to be worshipers. John 4, he says that I am coming and I am seeking worshipers. He didn't say I was seeking praisers. He did not say I was seeking momentary. He said I'm seeking worshipers, which means we have to remain in a place to be found. Worship has a posture that makes you available. Worship has a posture that cuts on a GPS to let God know, hey, this is where I am. And the thing is, God cannot visit his own house because we're not on the radar. I have, um, well, with any, I can't say one device, you know, because Apple's just so great. Um, Amen. 
Apple is wonderful. You didn't know that yet? Maybe we were delivered in 2019, Pastor Sharon. All right, when it comes to Apple, when, uh, when we lose a device or it goes missing, we can locate it on a thing called Find My iPhone. And it brings up a radar and lets us know the last place that it was and it puts a little signal out. And if we need to make a sound, we can alert it by making a sound. Uh, we can shut it down. We can clear it and erase if we know someone got it. We can lock it down so they can't get it. Um, all the things is great. The thing is, though, if we are disconnected or it's off, you cannot locate it. So my point is, is that if we choose to cut ourselves off, he can't locate us. So he's looking and searching. And you may have missed a moment that he wanted to encounter you. But he can't encounter you because he chose to be off for a moment. May we not be a people that chooses the off switch because we want something for our flesh to be ignited. But may we be a people that is always on, that always seeks and cries out for the presence of God, that is not waiting for something just to be a moment of feeling or to make us feel all tingly inside. May we always seek out of the faith of God and not be a people that just wants some little moment to make us feel good and cut ourselves off when we want something else. That's not what God is seeking. He is not seeking people that are off. He's seeking people that are consistently on. That's why fasting is so important. Fasting demands you to be on. Fasting crucifies your flesh and what you want and what you desire. Fasting will bring all that out. I'm telling you, you may be addressed with some of the hardest challenges when we fast starting tomorrow because I'm telling you, God is seeking worshipers. And revive, let us make sure that we are a nation and a tribe of on. Let him always look at us and always see us on. What if you were the issue to one Sunday God wanted to move and he couldn't because you were off? What if God wanted to heal somebody because of your blatant flesh? We couldn't, we, that couldn't happen because God couldn't see that our light was turned on. What if you are a person that God wants to use in a mighty way, but he can't because, you know? Ask your neighbor, are you on? Or no? So this John 4, 14, real quick, it talks about um, him giving, offering water, drinking as well, never thirst again, right? And this Greek word in this whole context of springing up is literally meaning how Holy Spirit wants to jump always out. Ain't that something? So read it in context. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you are drinking the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, always lashing out. Which means Holy Spirit likes to have outbreaks. Ain't that something? Have you ever been somewhere and been in the moment and all your spirit just starts to bubble over? And you start speaking in tongues 
or you just get so stirred up and have to keep saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, and you couldn't control your language, and you started crying. I mean, and, and it happens at the most craziest moments, doesn't it? It happens when you're in front of somebody. It happens at the grocery store. It happens when you're on a call at work, and they're telling you about your story, and then you hear God speak to say, say a word of encouragement to them, and you're trying to hold yourself together because, you know, there's a thing called church and state you got to be real careful of. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it starts to bubble over in you. That shows that you are in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And isn't it something that he will take over a moment just to speak something to you and just to encourage you? Isn't it something that in a moment the Holy Spirit can start rubbing through you and start missing out and language and you don't know what in the heck you're saying, but all you know your spirit's being edified, you're getting built up, your spirit man's getting stronger. That's why the Bible says to pray in the spirit often so you can build up your holy man. I'm telling you, may we be a people that does not suppress when the Holy Spirit comes to say something to us. May we be a people that speaks in unknown tongues and allow Holy Spirit to say what he wants. I want to be someone who's ready at all times. I'm on. I'm just somebody. If you're ready to use me, here I am. I'm on. I'm not changing my profession anymore. May this year be the year you don't change out of who God called you to be. Be on. You don't know when Holy Spirit wants to do something to you or through you. So, um, Believe it or not, that was all my introduction. Um, and I got two minutes and 58 seconds left. So when it comes to um, uh, the point of the topic that we talk about today, praise the Lord. Um, I was going to go through, I'm going to do it real quick. <laughs> I was going to go through, give me five minutes. I was going to go through um, some natural things. Don't laugh at me, mama. I was going to go through some natural things that water does, okay? Real quick. Water, naturally, is a stress reliever. It relieves stress. Someone say it relieves stress. Okay? In the natural, it does. In the spirit, it can too. When you are with Holy Spirit and he's living on the inside of you, you're not as stressed as you'd normally been. You won't be so bogged out all the time. Because, again, if Holy Spirit is in you, it is comforting you, letting you know that there is a promise you have nothing to be stressed out about. Let me tell you something. When you really got God, you're not so stressed all the time. Praise the Lord. Okay? All right? I said what I said. To all y'all in here that just love stress, stop doing that. Get with God and allow him to encourage you. Amen. If you drink water, you get improved fitness. All right? Drinking water, listen, helps prevent muscle cramps and make sure your joints are well together. Water. All right? So if you're just like, oh, all the time, <laughs> you need to drink some water. In the spirit, you are too. Here's, here's what I'm going to say here. Because there are people, Miss Ross, that are always complaining. Yes. Just, oh, I'm just so tired of this. Oh, I'm just so tired of this. Oh, I can't stand this. You got, hey, 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 you need some water in your life. Because when you're full of the spirit of God, you're not always complaining. Hey, you're not always complaining. That's why the Bible says that my prince praise will forever be on my lips. I don't have time to complain when he's been too good to me. All right, next. You have better skin, naturally. All right? You have good skin when you drink water. When you drink water, you got good skin. Which means simply this. 
You don't look as bad as some people that don't drink water. You ever seen somebody's love pop and their face always breaking out and they got all these bumps on their nose and looking like they got like two carrots under their eyes because they got they don't drink no water. I said what I said. Google it. You'll, you'll find somebody. All right. People got. Hey, it's a real. It's a hard out here with people. You have better skin, which means you look better. There is a natural glow about you when you drink water. <laughs> hey, you got two carrots in the eyes. It's sitting around there looking like this. What's wrong? I think it's my medication. It's because you ain't drinking water. Drink some water, thing. I'm gonna text y'all later from the things that carrots. I'm gonna say it to you, carrots. You know, you don't laugh. So you have better skin, which means a natural glow to you when you drink water. Simply put, that when you drink water, you say they say things like you just look different. There's something about you that's just different. It's you just what's what's going on with you? You say it's the glory of God. I'm just I just love Him so much that He just comes and changes some things about me. That's that's all I'm saying. Listen, this is, this is really good, okay? When you drink enough water, the water you're supposed to, you have regular digestion. Yes. Because water helps break up particles of waste in your body and helps to pass them. Here's the thing. Dehydration leaves your, uh, your insides dry, making it difficult to pass waste. It is, that's how you get backed up with sin in your life when there's not enough water. It's difficult to pass through you because you're too dehydrated. That's when things start to get just kind of bubble up. And you know, that's when you, you try to do good, you try to do good, you try to do, do, do good, try to do good, and you're finally met with evil because you're too backed up. Next, it gets rid of impurities. This is really also good. Drinking water gets rid of waste through sweat, irritation, that reduces the risk of kidney stones, UTIs, all those infections. Specifically, it dilutes the impurities in your urine that can build up uh, and create kidney stones. People will always have impurities passing through them if they don't have enough water. We have so many impure Christians that profess to be in relationship, but they are dry. If you don't got nothing there, it will prove by how nasty you are. Next, it boosts your immunity. Drinking water helps fight against flu, cancer, other things like heart attacks. A well dehydrated, a well hydrated body is one that is put in position to operate at its best. You are at your peak when you have enough of Holy Spirit. You're not so sick all the time, all right? Always, always, something going. How, how you doing? It's just, you know, just continue to pray for me. Have you ever met somebody like that? Every time you see them, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. Listen to me. In 2019. It is okay, and tell them I said it. It is okay to save your prayers to people for people that don't want to change. I said what I said. Save your prayers. They don't want no change. They don't want no real Holy Ghost. And if you're not trying to live better, why am I praying for you? I said what I said. I'm sick of it. Someone called me the other day, Pastor, I mean, I just, I just can't, not for me. Pastor, I just can't, I just, it's been so hard for me, I just, just whatever else. I said, what did you do? I, I went, you know, <laughs> and I, did you do it? Did you, yeah, I just did it. 
Okay, cool. But we're gonna pray and all that else. They call again. I just it's just so hard to stop. Why? It's a choice to live right. We make holiness so so big of a it's either you want to live holy or you don't want to live holy. Either you want God or you don't want God. It's a choice. Make your calling an election door to live holy. Either you're gonna live this thing for real or you're not gonna live it at all. I ain't playing with this, 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 I'm going to call it crap this year, okay? That's what it is, all right? Either we're going to live right or we're not going to live right. Either you're going to be real or you're not going to be real. And I can't have you around me if you're going to keep on dabbling in all this stuff. I want to strive to see his face. But I'm not going to see him if I keep on doing what I want to do that appeals to my flesh. And also, why are we connected to people that don't want to go to heaven neither? Amen, y'all. Man. High five. I just, you know what I'm saying? Y'all feel me? Let's be real about the thing. It's not a hard thing. People say, oh, you know, if you want to see God, you got to make sure you dress up every Sunday. And just about that, if you want to see God, you got to wear a skirt all the way down. If you want if you want to see God, you got to hurry, have your hair in the bud, can't cut your hair, you can't have earrings in, whatever else. That is not the will of God. That's never what he meant it to do. We take stuff out of context to fit our flesh and we call it doctrine. I said what I said. And that's not the doctrine of hope. He said, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if I call upon him and I now I'm saved, I'm in connection with him, he tells me what from there needs to be done and then we okay. That's what you call, that's how you know you're in right relationship. Because some things that you do won't be some things that I can do. That's what you call right relationship. If, if wearing a suit, a three-piece suit suits you, wonderful. But that ain't what I'm called to do. I got them for the right occasion. And once in a while, I'm going to put on a little jacket, make my mom proud. She better look at my baby. But in the meantime, Chuck's. It's all right with me. And I still got the real Holy Ghost. Amen. Sorry, that's my tangent for the moment. It's a real place. Um, lastly, um, it gets rid of headaches. I want to put this real place. I'm already out here on the, on the playing field. You ever have people that every time they come around, you get a massive headache? Just something about them. <laughs> it's okay. We in here. Where's the secret? You can tell me. If they sit next to you, just blink like that. Okay? But it, it's every once in a while, every time, they, and there's always something going on. How in the world? Always something going on? Get some water. And allow the water to flush out that other stuff, man. If you got all the headaches going on in your life, things are going on in your life, drink some water. John 4, 14. I made it to the list. How about that? John 4, 14, 16. He told her about water. Listen, she asked for a drink. Listen, he told her about water. She asked for a drink. Listen, he said, go get your husband. Isn't that something? You're, I laugh too. 
You drink of this water, it's really good. Okay, cool, I want some. Go get your husband. What? <laughs> I just asked for a drink. Go get your husband. What's that have to do with anything? That's how we are. God, why, why do I got to give it up? What's that got to do with anything with me and you? You know what I'm saying? That's how we do. Y'all can be quiet. That's how, that's how we do. It's how, how we do. We always try to, try to balance out with God. Well, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Or if you ask me to give it, I'll give up a little bit, but I ain't going to give you all of it. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do. Here's the reason why. The Lord said to me, because there was no reason for me pouring into her if she's already filled with what she wants herself. <laughs> Lastly, I'm done for real. The benefits of water, he wants to pour into you, but he can't pour into you if you're already full of yourself. There's no room for him to go there. You know what I'm saying? For example, if I asked somebody for a cup of water and they gave me some and then Chris came in with a Gatorade and said, hey, can you pour some Gatorade in here? And it's already full to the brim. How's that going to work? It's going to overflow. And we want the overflow of God, yes. We don't want the overflow of God to be mixed with what we poured in our glass ourselves. You see what I'm saying? Now, this fast that we're about to go on tomorrow, allow this day to empty out what's in you completely. So that God can fill you up with more. And I'm telling you, we are going to see a great expression of Holy Spirit this month if we do it together. Together. So the fast, what you choose to do, what you choose to give up is on you. I also mad at my mama. You know, because you know, typically, I'm telling myself, what you do at the end of a fast, you know, before you go on one, you try to make sure you eat everything in the house that you can't eat. You know, the candy, uh, the uh, 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 snickle, uh, the pop, everything. Mama made some macaroni and cheese the other day, and I was like, just thank you, God. And I went over and I said, Mama, you didn't give me no she said, And I just threw it out. I'm telling on you, I was so offended, y'all. I had church hurt, big church hurt, mega church hurt. I had every possible church hurt. It's like she, it's like, I mean, also, I was so upset. I was like, Mama, she said, well, I wasn't going to eat anyway, and the fast coming up. Mama! I saw some popping in the refrigerator the other day. As I came over, I said, Mama, yes, I threw it away. Why? I'm thirsty. I got some water. Mama. She said, well, another fast coming up. Oh, man, give it to me. Don't throw it away. <laughs> but my point, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The thing is, though, she was preparing for what she wanted to be poured into her. She said, let me get rid of the stuff that I know I love so I can get what he loves for me. That's what fasting is. Getting rid of what you love so that he can give you what he loves. There's no point in him pouring into you if you already are full of yourself. No point. All right? There are so many benefits of water. Let's embrace them this month. Let's go after what the Lord said is ours and let's do what we got to do. Amen? Amen? All right, let's all stand. Father, we just love you and thank you for what you have said in this place. We thank you for your presence, your power, and we love you for what you have spoken. We are commissioned to do this thing the right way, and we thank you for all that you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.